The following sermon was delivered to Christ Central Church in order to further our knowledge and adoration of who God is. We pray that it displays the hope found in Christ and strengthens your faith in Him. If you have a copy of God's Word, would you join me? 1 Timothy chapter 1. We'll pick up our study of the Paul's letter to Timothy in verse 12 this morning. Today we're going to work from 12. Taking our, our time in 12, 13, and 14, going a little more quickly in 15 and 16. But together we're going to read down to verse 20. I thank Him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because He judged me faithful, pointing me to His service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. The grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. I received mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith, among whom are Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan, that they they learn not to blaspheme. Paul is, in these verses, giving a, a personal testimony. That's, that's pretty clear by the use of I and me. It's pretty remarkable if you just begin to, to count them 11 times. I thank Him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because He judged me faithful, appointing me to His service, though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Eleven different times this... Paul refers to himself here. This is his personal testimony to how the grace and mercy of God in the gospel, this same gospel, this same grace, this same mercy, which Paul is urging Timothy to stand fast for, 
he is now telling Timothy how this grace and this mercy came to him. What we have in these verses from the Apostle Paul really is a model for the kind of testimony we should have to the world. It's Paul's personal testimony, and though the the circumstances certainly differ between Paul and me or or you, the the spirit of the testimony, the, the truths of the testimony are just as true for me as they are for you, and they should be for every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as such, what Paul gives here as his personal testimony to encourage Timothy should be the model for us and our personal testimonies, both to our fellow believers and to a a watching world. For Paul, it is a testimony of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving that overflows because of the grace that has been shown to him. And a model for me and a model for you of thanksgiving. A thanksgiving that should overflow because of the mercy and the grace that God has shown us. That's my encouragement for you this morning. It's a, it's a pretty simple sermon. It's just a call for all of us to be thankful. To be thankful for the gospel as Paul is thankful. Your note taker, there's three things we're going to see as to why Paul is so thankful. The first is because of what he had become. Because of what he had become. Second thing is because of what he was before. What he was before. And then lastly, because of what he has been given. Because of what he was, had become, because of what he was before, and because of what he has been given, Paul is overflowing with thanksgiving because of the mercy and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a play on word here that really isn't as uh, visible in English, uh, but does exist within the, the Greek which is the way this was written. Paul begins in verse 12, and you get the, 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 the feel of the text here. I thank him. I thank him who has given me strength. Christ Jesus, our Lord. This word for thank has in it The same root word as grace, charis. It's a thanksgiving that overflows out of grace. Paul has a deep gratitude to Christ. And this deep gratitude comes from the deepest parts of this man's life. And it's, you can't read these, these verses and not just get the overwhelming sense of what Paul is feeling in this moment. I mean, the, 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 the man's writing a letter here to, to Timothy, and we're, we're not even getting to it this morning, but he's, 
He's writing to encourage Timothy to, to stand firm and to fight the good fight, to wage the, wage the good warfare against these false teachers that are there in the church. And just right in the middle of it, he begins to give his, his personal testimony. And then right in the middle of his tes- personal testimony, he just, he just bursts into praise. And he just, he just, to the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. I mean, that's the, the kind of thing that we're used to reading at the end of, of, a, of a letter, of a New Testament letter of Paul. And here, here is Paul just right in the middle, just breaking into this praise of, of God because this deep gratitude that he has, it just flows out of him. It just flows out of him. And the reason is, firstly, because of what he had become. See it here in verse 12. I thank him who has given me strength. Christ Jesus, our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to a service. Paul is grateful. Paul has overflowing with thanksgiving. First, because he says that he has been given strength. He has received strength. That is, that he has received from Christ something that has energized him. That's that's the, the literal word here. Energized him or empowered him or enabled him. He's overflowing with thanksgiving to God because He has been given strength. He has been energized, empowered, enabled. Energized, empowered, enabled, strengthened to do what? Well, Paul tells us he has received strength Christ Jesus our Lord because he's judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Paul has been enabled by Christ to serve Christ as a missionary to the Gentiles. He's overflowing in thanksgiving because he recognizes that it is Christ Jesus our Lord who has empowered him, energized him, enabled him, strengthened him to serve him as a missionary to the Gentiles. This is important for Paul. It's important for me as a pastor. It's important for you as one who's been called to do ministry works of service, that Paul is identifying his effectiveness as a missionary as not depending on his own talent or his own education or the latest trends or the latest fads, but on Christ's empowerment. You know, Paul isn't shy at times to talk about exactly who he is, right? In terms of his upbringing, his education, trained by the greatest Jewish scholars and leaders, a Hebrew among the Hebrews, incredibly intelligent, 
Yet here he makes clear that his effectiveness in ministry isn't determined on his own talent or education, but on Christ's empowerment. On Christ filling him with the strength that he needs. He recognizes this and he overflows with thanksgiving because of it. This is what Paul told the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 13. As he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul overflows in thanksgiving because of what he has become, strengthened by the Lord Jesus Christ for the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it is important to stop just for a second and to consider what exactly it is that Paul was strengthened for. And he certainly was strengthened for the missionary task. He tells us this in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 7 through 10, where he says, Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace. Here it is again. It was according to the gift of God's grace, this grace upon grace, that I was made, transformed, appointed, set apart, empowered, enabled. I was made a minister. And this was given to me, Paul says, by what? The working of his power, his strength, his energy, his enablement. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given. Why? To preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and to the authorities in the heavenly places. I mean, what a calling that Paul's been called to. That he has received this This gift of grace, that is grace of grace, this gift of grace that he's been empowered, strengthened according to the very power of Jesus Christ, that he's been called and set apart to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable, the unsearchable riches of Christ, which had been a mystery. This how God would save the Gentiles had been a mystery for the ages. And now here is the Apostle Paul, the greatest missionary that's ever lived, to say that he has been appointed by God to go and to proclaim to them and to make clear this mystery to the Gentiles. I mean, what a calling. What a calling. And it's easy just to sort of look at the highlight reels of the Apostle Paul's calling and the Apostle Paul's ministry. Greatest missionary that's ever lived. And say, oh yeah, I mean, of course he's thankful for that. Of course he's thankful for that. You know, pastors run, we run, we we're in danger of that of this. Look at other pastors, other churches, bigger ministries, more influence. And they say, of course, they've got a lot more to be thankful for. I mean, look, look at what they've been called to and given. But that isn't the only thing that Paul was called to do. Paul was 
clear over and over and over again that he had received this strength, this power, this enablement for the task to be set apart for the service of God in suffering. It's easy to look at the highlight reels and go, yeah, of course he's got a lot to be thankful for. But there's a whole nother list, isn't there, of the ministry of Paul that he was enabled to do. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul says, are these other brothers servants of Christ? I'm a better one. I'm talking like a madman. You think, man, he's about to give this list of this, you know, Hebrew of Hebrews, you know, tribe of Benjamin, circumcised at the exact right moment, trained by the greatest leaders. No, he doesn't even go there. The far greater labors, far more imprisonments with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one because they believed 40 would kill a man. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, in danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in this, in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at the sea... Danger from false brothers. There's nothing else left. In toil and hardship through many a sleepless night in hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is made to fall? I am not indignant. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. when, When Paul writes that he gives thanks to God because he's been strengthened by Christ, because he's been judged as faithful, because he's been appointed to his service, This includes the service of suffering. Of suffering. Paul is overflowing with gratitude that Christ has strengthened him to serve. He strengthened him to serve and he's appointed him to serve. Paul's overflowing with thanksgiving because he says... That Christ judged him faithful. Judged him faithful. Now, at first, it might seem that, that Paul is saying that he, in some way, had proved himself worthy to serve. Right? That, that Christ looked at Paul and considered Paul and what Paul had to offer, and he judged him as, as faithful. But that is not the point of the, the text. This is the danger that, that we run into if we want to just try to pull something out of the Scriptures without looking at the larger 
context, the, the, the point that Paul is making, and it is unmistakable, is that he, he was unworthy to receive this grace. He is unworthy to receive this strength. He is unworthy to receive this, this ministry and this, this service. Yet even though he is unworthy, Christ, being gracious, judged him as faithful and appointed him to serve. That's, that's, what, that's what Paul is overflowing with thanksgiving in. That even though he was unworthy, Christ in his grace found him faithful. And appointed him to serve even as an apostle. Paul is overflowing with gratitude. To be able to serve in any manner that Christ so chooses. Be it the glories or the hardships. And as I, I come to this, I can't help but just to wonder, do I and do you, do, do we together, do we praise God for the ministry that He's given us? Which just might be a ministry of suffering. Do we praise God for the ministry that He has given you in your family? Do you praise God for the ministry that He has given you in this church? Do you praise Him for the ministry that He has given you to this world? Whatever it may look like in all the different shapes and forms that it can find. Because God crafts instruments for His use however He sees fit. What right does the clay have to say to the potter? Do we overflow with thanksgiving because of what God has strengthened us to do and appointed us to do? When we fold the laundry, cook the dinners, prepare the children's lessons, show up on Wednesday nights tired from the day before, teach the class at school, run the meeting at work, answer the phone calls, do we thank God for the high privilege of serving in His name, even in the suffering? Thank you for the strength and the grace to allow me to serve you. This is the model that Paul has set for us to overflow in gratitude because of what he had become. Why in the world would Paul overflow with such gratitude because of what he had become? Why would we overflow with gratitude even in the face of suffering, well, it is because he was so grateful because of what he was before. I hope you see the correlation. This, this gratitude for what he has become according to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is magnified because Paul is acutely aware of what he was before. And so Paul gives a, a short testimony of his conversion in verse 13. He's been appointed to serve, though formally I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, 
an insolent opponent. You know, there are times when the, the Apostle Paul is, is hyperbolic, uses some hyperbole in his language. This is not one of them. This is no exaggeration. Paul was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent opponent to Christ. Paul was present at the killing of the first martyr, giving his wholehearted approval, the stoning of Stephen. Paul was the ringleader for a terrible persecution that followed the killing of Stephen. And to make it all worse, Paul did it in the name of God. I mean, it's one thing to kill Christians. It's another thing to do it and claim that you're doing it in the service to the very God that they serve. Acts chapter 26, Paul says this, I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus Nazareth. And I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in all the synagogues, listen, and tried to make them blaspheme. Just so Paul would have reason to persecute. And in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. This was the violent, blasphemous, wretched life that Paul led before he met Christ Jesus. Or better, before Christ met him. This is no exaggeration. He was a blasphemer. He was the persecutor. He was an insolent opponent. This is his before. And if we are a Christian, we all have a before. Now, we might not have a before that looked quite as bad as the Apostle Paul's, at least on the surface. But here's the reality that we cannot escape. Deep down inside, we all have the same kind of heart. And if we're not careful, pride will begin to blind us to who we once were before. And if we're not careful, this pride will make us ineffective for gospel ministry. Here's what I mean by that. When, when pride comes in and we start to think that we deserve what we've been given or more or that we have arrived at some higher spiritual plane or that we've received some deeper spiritual knowledge 
or that we've progressed beyond others? Or how dare they act like that? How dare they be that ignorant? We begin to believe that all that we have been given makes us better than others. It can cause us not to stoop as we see it to serve the least of these. You see, when we forget who we once were, we hesitate to go to those who are now just like we once were. So we must not forget, as Paul, we must not forget. We must always remember who we were before. A Christian's testimony, no matter who we are, is the story of God's grace overcoming our sin. It is always a before and an after. Paul says, though formerly I was a blasphemer, I was a a persecutor, I was an insolent opponent. But I received mercy. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly, unbelief, in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Paul was overflowing with thanksgiving because of what he had become, because of what he was before, and because of what he's been given. Paul says that he has received mercy. That is, that even though he was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent opponent, He had been given, he had received mercy. That is, forgiveness of this violent, blasphemous life. Paul says that he receives this mercy because he had acted ignorantly in unbelief. Now, we got to be careful here. We don't want to run onto some, some rocky ground of bad theology. We're not proof texting here. This does not mean that Paul's ignorance and unbelief somehow qualified him for salvation. It does not mean that Paul's ignorance or unbelief, because he didn't know any better, it does not mean that it made his actions any less sinful. It doesn't mean that we one day might could stand before a holy God and claim ignorance. And he say, okay, you didn't know, come on in. Paul was still guilty. Do you know how we know Paul was still guilty? Because he identifies what he received as mercy. Why would he need mercy if he wasn't guilty? Paul was still guilty. God never excuses our sin because of our circumstances. But thanks be to God, 
that he does have pity on us because of our spiritual condition. I think that's what Paul has in mind here, that that God looked on him as a blasphemer, as a persecutor, as an opponent, and God had pity on poor Paul because of the spiritual condition of Paul's heart. God had pity on him because he did not yet believe. Paul had pity on him because he had not yet understood the mysteries of the grace of Jesus Christ. And so God was gracious and merciful because Paul was lost in ignorance and unbelief. Guess what, church? That's every one of us. That's the whole world. We're all, at some point, lost in ignorance and unbelief. And that does not serve as an excuse before a holy God to avoid judgment. But it does mean that when God chooses to save us, that He looks on us with pity because of our lost spiritual condition. That's the story of anyone who has been saved. They once were lost, but now have been found. They once were lost in unbelief. Once lost in darkest night, thinking we knew the way. Yet God is merciful and gracious, forgiving our sins, not giving us what we deserve, that is mercy, and God acts towards us with His grace. Paul continues... To say that that when he was converted, he not only received this mercy from God, but he also received grace from God. The unmerited favor of God. Because I was once these things, Paul says, I, I now had received mercy because I had acted ignorant in unbelief. And with this mercy, he received grace. And the grace of our Lord. A grace that overflowed to Paul. Paul says, I, I was covered in grace. Seems that Paul could sing of a marvelous grace of our loving Lord. A grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. As he began to see that yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured. That it was there where the blood of the lamb was spilled. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all of our sins. Paul received undeserved mercy and unmerited grace. 
not because of his wisdom, his intellect, his abilities, but because he was ignorant and unbelieving. Undeserved mercy, unmerited grace, and along with it, an unshakable faith and an unending love. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. Here Paul is referring to the faith in Christ and a love for God. Earlier, Paul has condemned these false teachers for turning away from faith and love. But they've turned away from faith and love and they've, they've turned to these speculations. And so here he's contrasting himself and he's saying, I received mercy and grace and with it comes faith and love. This contrast clarifies the true gospel over and against the false gospel of these false teachers. That when the true gospel comes, anyone who truly knows Christ, they have mercy. They have grace. They receive faith. They receive love and anything and everything else that Christ has to offer. And so Paul is overflowing with gratitude. And so he just sort of clarifies it in 15 and 16. He says that this saying is trustworthy and it's deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. This is why Christ came. This is who he is. This is his mission. He was a man born to die, to rescue those who were lost in ignorance and unbelief, to rescue those who were blasphemers, persecutors, insolent opponents. But Christ Jesus came to save sinners. That's the gospel. And Paul says, of whom I am the foremost of all. But I received mercy. For this reason, Paul says, that in me, as the foremost as the chief of sinners, as the worst of sinners, that in me, of all people, Jesus Christ might display His perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in Him for eternal life. Paul is the perfect example of a a testimony of thanksgiving because he is the perfect example of a Savior who is kind and gracious and merciful and loving and patient. 
He is the perfect example of the kind of savior, savior who is able to save the worst, the most wretched, the most sinful, that he is able through his gospel to arrest the most insolent, stubborn, hard-hearted opponents that at the will of Jesus Christ, our Lord, they will come to faith. All who were to believe in Him. This is the good news of the gospel. And this good news when it sets deep into our hearts, it will call us all to a great gratitude, a deep thanksgiving for what we have become, for what we were before, and for what we have been given. What a difference it would make if those who claim Christ had testimonies of grace that overflow with gratitude. Father, would you help us to have this kind of heart, heart that is characterized by a thanksgiving for the mercy and the grace and the faith and the love that we have received, a thanksgiving that overflows because of what we have been appointed to, to serve you in all the ways that we do, knowing full well that we do not deserve it because of who we were before we met you. What good news there is in the grace, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So would it strengthen us with all faith and endurance for your glory to the ends of the world. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this Christ Central Church sermon series. To find our gathering location and more sermons, visit ChristCentralChurch.net.